Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Shift. This week's guest is Mike Cannon. Very excited. Before we zoom over to him, uh, please sign up to the Patreon. So, Patreon forward slash The Shift podcast. Uh, put solo episodes there and then the video of this will always be two weeks up early there and the audio a week up early um and then just like bonus stuff as well also rate review i'm seeing your reviews and i'm loving it so thank you so much i really appreciate it and uh yeah other than that let's start this episode mike you've been on before i have but never in this uh never here in heaven yeah i've had like uh karen and jared back as well so it's really nice to be like i appreciate you come to a studio <laughs> yeah i mean this studio rule this does look like the end of uh you ever see the movie this is the end no. Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, no. all those guys, but they go to heaven at the end. And this truly kind of, had it not been for the green, this would be very, very afterlife-ish. Pat, is that what inspired you? What? Uh, heaven? Yes. <laughs> he goes, heaven? What? Heaven? Yes. <laughs> uh, Pat got high before this. Yeah. So if it ends Mike, up just yes. like on my nose for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Mike. Uh, but it's just clouds. It was uh, James Webb inspired. I'll, I'll let James take the credit. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good I like stuff. it. Yeah, and also matches the colors of my uh, logo. Well, look at I that. Really struggled to find the word for logo there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't smoke. They were like, "Do you want some weed?" And I was like, "No." Like, I'm already. That would have been a cool episode, though, just to see first high. Yeah, first high on camera while being recorded. There's a lot. That's it. It'd technically be my third high because the first time I ever took a drag, I was uh, 17, and mm-hmm. I drank so much, but. Apparently, I went, they say green, but I think I just went really white. Oof, and yeah. I just had to go home. It Did you horrible. get the spins and just feel like you were I falling think off so. the planet? I remember them like carrying me. There's also <laughs> nothing, There, there's nothing worse. I mean, after I quit drinking, I realized how much I loved weed because it, it, after a while, it just booze and weed kind of became one. It was just all like getting fucked up. Yeah. So then once I stopped, once I stopped drinking, I was like, Oh, weed is way better alone. I don't want to throw up at all. Because <laughs> every time I'd get hammered, I'd be like, let's cap the night off with a blunt. And then by the end of the night, I'd be like, just, you know, st- trying not to release everything I consumed. Yeah, no. The only good thing, though, with drinking is when you throw up, you're better afterwards. What, what, right. Puke and rally. You, yeah. How do you yeah. get unhigh from high? Uh, well, you can take CBD. There's a couple things that actually, like, quell the the feeling of it but i don't know i just i just white knuckle it through like a true <laughs> irishman <laughs> you don't like to see that no part of you likes to torture yourself a little bit to see what your what your body and mind can come back from um i feel like i did that with booze mm-hmm. too much and that's I hear you. you know well other than the main reason why i quit was because that bad yeah. actual experience um but yeah i would drink way don't too cut much. to me smiling after she said that <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling because we had a conversation before and yeah. I just felt in the know and I didn't also want to give any information away. Yeah, I do feel like that's such an Irish person thing to do as well, though. Like an Irish woman would be like, someone could punch them in the face and they'd be like, well, I guess I should I should stop drinking tequila. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just stop the certain thing yeah, that led to not, that incident. And you still hang out with the person who punches you in the that's face. That's right. That's um, right. That's a very a big self-blame culture. I thought it was... <laughs> fun with you because this made me think of maybe talk about this. Also, as a side note, what is happening with my tea here? That I was, they always do that, dude. As I was drinking it, I was trying not to interrupt you and I was getting choked by a, a <laughs> By the string. tampon string hanging <laughs> yeah. out of the little sipper. I need to pick this out. Uh, what kind of tea? Uh, what, what tea person are you? Uh, this is Earl Grey. So okay. I'll, I'll drink uh, Lions and uh, Half Ireland is going to unsubscribe. Not Half of Ireland because Half Ireland doesn't listen to this, but half of the Irish listeners. I'm going to unsubscribe once I say that because they'll allow them to be, bar- be Barry's. That's like the war. Uh-huh. That's, you know, I think the Brits did that. 
No shit. They were like, let's give them tea. They'll fight with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> It'll tear them apart. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, um, but yeah, Earl Grey is like a fancy when I'm, uh, you know, like for the podcast or out of the house. But uh, I was thinking because I feel like guilt is a big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And so like I was texting Mike being like, um, <laughs> are you still good for tomorrow? And he was like, one message was like, um, you had said originally could we do before shows. So I, I yes. wasn't even thinking like what specific time, but we usually do this at 2 p.m. But like, again, it doesn't matter what time we do it. But you were like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, and then your next message was, uh, <laughs> no, I said it's 2 p.m. Okay. And you were like, oh, can we do it later? And then I didn't even get a chance to respond. Yeah. And then you sent a message, uh, because I can't be away from my wife and child for five <laughs> hours. <laughs> That's not exactly how I worded it, but it did. I, it, you're correct in the sense that I panicked at the non-immediate <laughs> response of like, totally, totally cool. I was like, fuck, I'm asking too much. I'm being a nuisance. I'm completely throwing off her schedule because there was there's several moving parts. You got you got Pat. You had another guest potentially. So there's a lot of people whose, whose day I was ruining. And it was that I can't be away from them for five hours. It's that I can't possibly justify having a five-hour free time gap to my wife, who is then solely responsible for our son. She'd be like, what the fuck? You get a five-hour vacation on a Monday? I just thought it was funny because I was just taking a second to text Pat to make sure, because to to me, it doesn't even matter what time we do. Um, But I was like, wow, how Irish is that message? Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that is that is the embodiment, the text embodiment of anxiety. I feel like as well, it'd be like a very Irish thing to be like, let's say if you had a broken leg and I'm like, oh, it's up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh, okay, well, like I broke my leg, but like, it's fine. I'll just drag it up the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, would it be okay if we just recorded it downstairs? To be honest, I wouldn't even say anything. I'd just, <laughs> just drag it up the steps, and by the time I, I'd get up there and I'd start complaining about my leg, and then they'd be like, what's your deal? And I'm like, well, I just, you know, I powered through for the, just to be not an inconvenience. But you're complaining. Exactly. It's so funny because that's something I've learned from Americans, and specifically my boyfriend, because he would say that I would guilt him all the time when we first started dating, and I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I was mm-hmm. totally, I didn't even realize that I was probably gaslighting. It was just a cultural him. misunderstanding. Complete cultural mis- misunderstanding. And then eventually he would point out, I was like, you need to tell me when this so-called guilting is happening. And then he would point out and he was like, that's guilting. And I'm like, no, no, that's just how Irish people speak. Uh-huh. Like, you say this, it makes me feel bad <laughs> yeah. for not coming over. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so like, that's- well, that's kind of the undercurrent of what I mean. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you'd pick up on it. Oh, so now I directly got to go, fuck face, you got to come over and yeah. time with me. <laughs> there you go. But it is much better because I feel like with uh, non-Irish American men or American people, they're very direct. If they want to come to you, they'll just say yes or no. And yes and no. And that yes and no does not mean yes and no in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, you'd just be like, yeah, come over. I want to see you. There's none of these like, Mm -hmm. whereas we're like, I don't want to be bothering you, but I do want you to come. And so it's all this like reading these subtleties. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I obviously don't know what it's like to be born or grow up anywhere else, but it is. But you're Irish. I am Irish also, but I've always found, and maybe this is just the generation I'm from also, is that we weren't really direct communicators. I am direct as a result of the indirect communication that I had as a kid. I mean, classically in Irish fashion, there was no emotional <laughs> explanations or transparency or real expression at all. The only emotion we felt free to express was rage. And then once it was over, nobody ever talked about it again. Yeah. Yeah. Rage can be seen as love. Yeah. Because I remember. It also, it also is. It's yeah. the opposite side of the coin of love. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, my boyfriend is really calm. He'd never like punch anything. But I've dated, and even my boyfriends in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like one of them was high all the time, so I shouldn't count him. So if a friend of his listens to this, we're not, I'm not talking about. Do him. I not count as a husband? <laughs> 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 but I mean, as in, I don't think he would ever have the. He's like a rare. He wouldn't be punching walls. Sure. Yeah. A lot of my Irish guy friends I grew up or first couple of boyfriends would like show their anger by punching a wall mm-hmm. and but it usually resulted in like love or passionate sex or whatever sure was with my boyfriend now he would never and when we first started dating i was like he's in america yeah, or this is over? In Amer- this okay. here now this american guy and i i remember being like i don't know if he likes me you know because he doesn't <laughs> like get aggressive his knuckles me. aren't even bleeding yeah what the fuck <laughs> how do no i know in, our, in the wall <laughs> <laughs> you know that's actually it's funny you say that because that's when i started going to therapy is i punched through my bathroom wall uh door 
And as I pulled my hand out, I texted a friend to give me a number for a therapist. Okay, good. Because I was just like, I can't live like this. That's how I grew up. I mean, I grew up in that kind of environment where truly just rage-filled, you know, violence, all the, uh, you know, all that shit, hitting, blah, 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 all that stuff. And I would, you know, the only expression of togetherness I had with my dad was like competitions over ping pong and then I would if I lost I'd turn and splinter the fuck out of the wall and he'd laugh at me like it was like it was there was never any like what are you doing you're crazy it was like you're an idiot look at you stupid so I just I knew that I wanted to kind of break the the chain a little bit and then I didn't want to carry it into an adult into adulthood and then once I did I was like all right how old were you when you punched the bathroom I was probably like 27 Okay, 27 cool. yeah probably I so even still pretty late but uh and it took me years then to even quit booze which was probably a facilitating factor in a lot of my problems but uh but yeah that uh I definitely realized I had an anger problem then how did you go from then the next time you wanted to punch a wall what did you tell yourself to stop punching that wall other than ouch um, yeah, I mean, that was a big deciding fact. I didn't even learn after I broke my hand. So my freshman year of high school, we um, I ran track to stay in shape for the other sports that I actually cared about. And I, like we, Gaelic football? Like Gaelic football, for <laughs> real. I mean, I play center half forward, and so we had to do a fair amount of running. But I would... Uh, I, basketball mostly and then soccer as well were my main sports and so I ran track for one year I ran in every single odd event you know anywhere they needed somebody because I was just an athlete I had no abilities or technique I just was thrown into certain shit so in practice we had to run eight 400s the 400 is a full sprint one time around the track so it's like it's grueling because it's a long distance and you're just full out the whole time and uh, on the eighth one, I did not break the time set, which I believe was like 60 seconds or something like that. So I got like 60.5 or 61 seconds and I didn't get it. So he said, do it again. And I punched the ground and my knuckle came all the way down to my wrist. My hand ballooned immediately. I go to the coach. I asked him if he thought it was a break. He was like, you're good. Keep running. Was so, he also Irish? He was. Or Italian? He was Italian. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely. He was like 400 pounds with spaghetti stains on his shirt. <laughs> so He's definitely Italian or just a fan of their cuisine. But he, uh, yeah, so he came, he made me do keep running. I then played basketball on it that night, almost fucked my hand up forever. And still from that point on, didn't learn not to punch things yeah. until 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad has a saying, like, you'll learn your mistakes the hard way. But mm. in this case, you were like the hard, hard way. <laughs> yeah. No, that's my whole life. I don't know. I'm very... Uh, what is that word? Not ignorant, but um, <laughs> uh, like when you have a thick head and you only learn through uh, through more or less punishment. Yeah. It, I have to make the same mistake a million times for me to learn from it. I, I'm pretty... Dumb, another word. No, I, I mean, I'm pretty similar. <laughs> like my dad said that sentence to me all the mm -hmm. time. You'll only learn the hard way. And yeah. that was after like eight or, you know, eight ab physically and emotionally abusive men that I was yeah. like, me. I can change him. <laughs> but if you want to really twist it on your dad, it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> that you're into abusive yeah. men. <laughs> yeah. I saw my mother beat you. <laughs> yeah. There you so, go. <laughs> oh, no, it's not his fault. Well, I mean, it's his fault because he was the, you know what it is? My therapist said, I hate when you're just such a classic, um, easy solve case because mm -hmm. I didn't go to therapy until I started dating my boyfriend here who's sure. like, really sweet and kind and nice and stuff. And I was like, I should go to therapy for this. Mm -hmm. Your Mine was a nice As in boyfriend. like you don't want to fuck it up. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And I know that I would get defensive or maybe read into things and stuff and I, you know from having therapists on the podcast and stuff it was like kind of like my own therapy as well yeah but yeah so I'm really glad I went because it's like all these like little things that trigger you that your partner doesn't know the ba the background right. and you're getting all like fired up and they're like I just said tomato yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what a tomato did to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so uh she was like, oh, you date these guys. Um, because once I stopped dating guys like that, then I kind of got friends like this that needed a lot of help. And she was like, I think like maybe you couldn't help your dad when he was getting sure. fed up. And then you couldn't help. You couldn't fix your mother. So there's and then you weren't saved. Mm -hmm. So she's like, because my dad left when I was five. And then I was just left with this like 
you know, psycho till I was 18. Yeah. And she was like, I think there's a part of you that tries to like help, always like over help because you weren't helped. And yeah. then, so it's like all this like, okay, it's like pretty obvious. But then you feel much better. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Maybe. Yeah, it's pretty obvious to anybody from the outside. Yeah. But once you're in it, you're like, this is a tangled mess and there's no way I could get through it. Yeah, so I definitely learned the hard way too as mm-hmm. well. Oh my God, string of bad guys. And then it was also like a string of, because I have such great friends, but also a string of toxic friendships. But then, so, with the boyfriends you get to a point where you're like I'm kind of embarrassed saying the same story why does this keep happening yeah. and then with the friends you're also like why, why am I like am I the problem why do I keep having these like toxic friends but then yeah you're just like well you're also in comedy oh my god like so your your friends are also proximity based so you're yeah. just you're you're ensconced in mental illness <laughs> it's like what what else are you gonna do I also like love being nice and being helpful too like the thing is I've learned about like boundaries and so mm-hmm. giving help once it doesn't like negatively affect me too much or whatever yeah, whereas yeah. before I'd be like starving giving away all my food type of right, Irish right. Catholic bullshit martyr yeah yeah, yeah like who cares that's, who are you my doing entire, that for? that's my that's my family's way of <laughs> winning affection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is to just eventually do enough to the point where you feel bad so you're forced to love them that's so true when you were saying you'd hop up the stairs Mm -hmm. and you'd sit here a part of so if you were with an Irish person they'd be like oh my god you shouldn't have done that you're so jeez you're so good let me get you a cup of tea let me look after you but I feel like if you were with an American person who's no Irish uh, in them would be like why the fuck did you do that? And then you'd feel like an idiot because right. you're like doing this nearly to be liked to be yes. like look at the effort I put through Yeah, yeah. and it's like I think there is like a big people pleasing thing with Irish people. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's because we didn't get the affection from our parents. Because your yeah, parents I mean, will say, "I love you" behind your back. Or... People pleasing also is a symptom of having alcoholic parents, oh. <laughs> or like, or or just some, or out of control environments. So a lot of that is just trying to control as much as you can possibly, you know, have of your surroundings. The comedian who was on last week, Salma Hindi, and we never got to talk about her. She has a TED talk called um, mm-hmm. uh, about. I forget what it's called, but it's about people pleasing but she said in it she wasn't getting what she needed from her parents and then in turn she was looking for the validation sure from her friends but that's too much to expect on friends yeah it's really interesting i was like oh i know so many people because i've had like people you know people please and then i'm like if it doesn't suit you don't do you know where it's because mm-hmm. like then they're annoyed when they're like oh now i have to go over and mind someone's cat like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could have said no. This right. person doesn't know. Now you're pissed off with Shelly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you'd cause em- enough conflicts by just trying to make them liked, uh, trying to make yourself liked, and all that stuff. Uh. I do find it, it something you just said. I, I I've been like mulling through this a lot lately because you know, in therapy, a lot of a lot of the focus goes to out uh, external things and how they affected you like your parents and they my parents didn't give me the attention that I needed so that's why I I seek external validation through both comedy everything else but I also think that there is an element of it where I have an insatiable desire for attention so I don't think there is a human being capable of providing the attention that I soulfully require. Yeah. Would, you know what I mean? Like, That's so, why you need 400 people at Gramercy Theater. It, exactly, exactly. <laughs> was it 400? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little, a little like, more, a little that, more. I'm like, that sounds about enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's kind of it, right? And even then, that glow lasted uh, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. 48 hours. Because, you know, it, then the, the reality of the situation comes in. All of a sudden, you're reminded of a bill or whatever, this, you know, commission that you got to pay and all this shit and it's like okay like i'm back to i'm back to whatever do you know doling out checks and and trying to make this work as best as i can but that's why i i'm trying my best to kind of find that common ground of both finding the source of my shit and also then owning what i for whatever reason the hand i was dealt for you know me needing that kind of validation and attention it's weird it's weird and too much yeah, I I think you're I think you're right. I think when it comes to a lot of comedians, anyway, there mm-hmm. is a level of attention. But then I don't know because then some comedians are so, so socially awkward and can't handle the attention. In like, yeah, like how do you feel when you're at like a bar with loads of people? Are you like I'm the storyteller? No. The- so that that's that's another thing is like my whole life I strive for the compliment and then as soon as somebody gives it to me I fucking wilt I can't handle it I'm so uncomfortable I feel like they're like they're like almost caressing my back with cold hands like it just is a very odd sensation 
That's the Irish. The whole Irish thing is, so if you compl- compliment a woman's clothes, she'll always be like, oh, it's from Penny's, right, which right. is like the cheap store. Um, you you don't take a compliment. Uh, you're always like, this old thing, no, no, stop. Or like even like uh, people be like, oh, you did your album. And you're like, oh, yeah, but you're like, you know, it's, it's shy. Yeah, you immediately try to try to like, disqualify it somehow. It, it's so, and like when you, for me, Dayton Leland, um, you know, that was frustrating also when we first got together because he's like, just fucking take the compliment. Like, right. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. That was something I had to work on as well because I love compliments. Yeah, I do I too. I love them. I literally live for them. Yeah. I've designed my life to 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 get as many as humanly possible. Yeah. And it's still once the goal is achieved, it's an uncomfortable sensation. Is that something that you've tried to work on therapy and how to like accept them? Because I think this is more of a cultural thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very Irish thing. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually, I've tried to work on deadening my reaction to both compliments and uh, shit talk. No. So like, so the negative and the good. I'm actually trying to be self-contained as best as possible to where and and beyond self-contained to my family as well because their opinion should mean just as much to me as my own. But I want I want my thoughts about myself to be enough to go on. Yeah. I don't need somebody to tell me that I'm good, or I shouldn't need actually shouldn't need somebody to be like, this is great for me to be like, okay, I'll keep going. Or I shouldn't somebody telling me that I suck shouldn't affect me creatively and what I'm trying to accomplish or even career-wise trying to accomplish, it's like, it's it's all irrelevant. Yeah. It should be within my own mind frame, you know? I think, I don't know if I'm right, but I feel like I saw it on TikTok, so I'm quoting some fucking Buddhist on TikTok. <laughs> we all know the real Buddhists live on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where you find on true nirvana. On her yoga mat, with her plants, yeah. like one of these. <laughs> um, but with something like, if you say these things like if you do what you're doing now and make an active effort mm-hmm. then it becomes uh natural it just yeah. takes a while it's like getting up every morning and have a cup of tea for me is like like i don't know like instinct mm-hmm. but like if you're uh doing that if i started to be like okay i need to get up and have a glass of water every day then it's, it'll be like a chore at the start yeah i don't know if this is a good analogy but yes i think the more i also think like taking the compliments and not letting that because e- it's e- it's is ego the same thing as the negative voice yes yeah bo- both are ego yeah that's turning it and because that's the thing going uh, why would they say that you you because they go oh my god it was a great set at Gramercy and your ego goes mm-hmm. well that one joke didn't hit <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> as yeah, soon exactly. as you get the compliment so it's like just being like shut the fuck up voice mm-hmm. and I did kill it no one even notices <laughs> that one joke it's like I just like an inner monologue yeah I'm trying my best to not even define things like yeah, so yeah. I I'm like I, I'm getting very mushroomy about this but I, <laughs> oh. I but I really mean this like I'm I'm trying my best to not be like that was good or bad I'm trying to live in the feeling of it because I know what it felt like to be on stage yeah. I know what it felt like even before I went on stage I know what it felt like when I looked at the sign and it said sold out yeah. like I know how I felt and then so any capture of it because like watching it back on tape it's like oh did I do that like why is my yeah. face all stupid like you know anything like that is just kind of combing through things and, and nitpicking and trying to find the negative. But I'm I'm trying my very best to to like feel the feelings, remember them, and then be able to clock back to it as the only reaction I should consider. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like when it's me for like my album, um, because you never I think another part with being Irish is you don't want to be like yeah, I fucking loved it. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to ever say that to anybody. That's crazy. No, and there's a part of you that's like, if I say that, should I even keep doing comedy? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I'm satisfied, like, what is it? I shouldn't be satisfied ever. There's so many people that have been better and are better and are doing better. And, yeah. you know, even just work-wise. I don't know. That's my own. No, I think you're right. I think that there is an element with comedy that you need to keep striving. And that's what makes you keep writing great material. And, like... So the way I look at that album is like I can watch it back and be like, that's the best that I could have done for September 2022. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, even if you're doing like, you know, the old co-host of this podcast is Des Bishop and we met. I think he was doing comedy 20 years. R.I.P. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then people are like, Irish people just panicking. They're like, he's dead. (laughs) We lost him. (laughs) (laughs) To Bravo. Yeah. (laughs) 
but like even him, he's constantly when we were working together, he was constantly working on new stuff. Yeah. And I think he's probably doing it like whatever, like more, maybe 25, 28 years now. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But he he's constantly working. So like I always think about comics like him who it does. It doesn't matter. You're never like because comics here be like it's ten years and that's such bullshit. Because there's some great comics five years in who sure. just um who are 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 going to just get better. They're going to be so talented, but yeah. it, like you just keep growing. I feel mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, I'm just kind of like I, that's the way I'm taking it. It's like oh, it's the best I could do for now. Like yeah. I'll do that hour on the thirtieth. It'll be like a mostly new hour, but I'm like just the best I can do for the thirtieth. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, that's yeah. a healthy way to look at it too, and especially. Listen, it does take a long time to get to, like, mastery level of your own version of mastery. But I don't think it's just 10. Like, you know, I think these comics think 10 years. And I'm like, no, I'm like, there's other comics that I know that are, like, just coming into their stride 15 years in or 20 years in. You're looking at one. (laughs) For real. Or at least I feel that way. Because I was always trying to get to the 10-year thing. And now that I'm, like, close to it, I'm like... Ah, I still got a lot of growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I'm mean, like... Uh, you're going to look back in two years and be like, shit, like, wow, I thought I was good, and now yeah, I'm good. And oh, then you're, you're going to look back in two years from then and be like, shit, I thought I was good, and now I'm good. I look back from a month just from New York Comedy Club mm-hmm. tapes, and I'm like, what the fuck? But, yeah. but again, I'm trying not to do, like, what the fuck was that? But I mean, you are, even just in a, a month, you can grow, or a joke can grow. Or yeah. You, like, I can't believe I was saying those words. So I think it's like, try to just be like... It's the best I can do for now. Yeah, I think the cool thing is once you reach a level of competence or or at least confidence in your own shit, then you can almost look back and be like, oh, actually, that's pretty good for that time. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're that's not how looking I feel at with yourself. my album. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I'm sure, it, but then I'm like, it's the first album. There's like John Todd's who released an album like a couple of years in where they needed 20 years to sure. even string together. So yeah. that's the other thing too. Other people's uh, processes take different times and stuff like that. But it's like, I remember a comic text me being like about my album being like, I didn't ask for the advice either. Um, it's just the usual. It's the best you can receive. Yeah. yeah. And then they were like, just a heads up, like uh, make sure you're ready because if you fuck up one word, it's on you. What? I, yeah, and I was like, no, we could just edit that word out. Yeah, it's post production, yeah. you fucking dummy. And it's like, okay. Also, you it's released an album you. the same time when I released an album. Like, you're on your second album. Um, there's no, like, I just don't think a, a first. I don't think there's as high stakes as we put it. Who cares? Like, I'll mm-hmm. I'll put it out, and it, you know, it'll people will like it or they won't, and it's not the end of the world. I'll put out more stuff. I feel like comedians, and that's one thing I'm trying to do is not let being a comedian and all the insecurities of that and also the Irishness because mm-hmm. comedian and Irishness equals suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel yeah. like for us, there's that extra layer that we're trying to be like, don't internalize this, don't think everything's shit or you'll never create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that also might be just part of my process. <laughs> you know what I mean? There comes a time where you're like, all right, here's the wave of self-hatred, blah, blah, blah. Like you're almost bored by the suicidal ideation. And then you're like, all right, wash over me. Let me think about killing myself. How would I do it? You're right. Fantasizing I, yeah, about oh, the knife. nonstop. And then you're out and you're like, okay, now let's get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I hate with the, the suicidal feeling though. It, it, I, I don't, I don't like it as part of the process. Okay. Okay, I actually agree with you. You don't love way. it? <laughs> you know, I, okay, I agree with you in one way because I don't like it as part of the process because you get in this thing where you're like, I need to create, and then you start getting like depressed, and then it, you're like, oh, I just need this to be over so I can start creating again. Yeah. But, then you, but you can't do anything when you're in that depressed mode, and it's just like you can't sleep, so then you can't function the next day. You're not mm-hmm. doing as good in your sets. You're like, oh, yeah. And then you get out of it, and you get the manic, and then that's the best time to create because yeah. you're like, I'm so fucking happy. I'm writing. I'm doing everything. Yeah, um, write an hour yeah, in that time. Yeah, right? I'm always <laughs> like, this is the time to get the work done. As mm-hmm. soon as I start feeling happy out of a low... I'm coming to that high. Totally. It's yeah. so good. Leland was so funny because he was like, uh, you know, because I was like having one of those depressed things that I wasn't really communicating it to people. And then I was like kind of frustrated that I was like, it's really hard because you want someone to know that you're on the edge, but you don't have the words to express it as an Irish person mm-hmm. when you're in it. And he was like, yeah, you Irish people are so fucking annoying. You never ask for help when you need help. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's just true. We really <laughs> don't. I'll be like, yeah. I, I, we could be like, 
I could be struggling putting something on the top shelf and I'm like, fuck's sake, nobody fucking helps me. I didn't ask right. anyone to help me put it on the top shelf. Well, you're just cursing society yeah. for their lack of <laughs> willingness lack of to height. help you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I, I think with me at least the the thing that gets the thing that I've just come to accept, so I'm, you know, this is again mushroomy, whatever, is I'm really trying to practice like acceptance and gratitude, yeah. which is so schmaltzy and holistic and bullshit. Oh, no, I think it's great. But it is one of those things where it's like, first of all, having having a kid completely changed my life, obviously as it does, but it 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 like reinvigorated my soul. It reinvigorated my my outlook on life. So like the idea of like gratitude and feeling good is not something I want to take. I want to keep to myself. Cause I was, I was holding it in and being like, man, my, I was like, my wife knows, like she knows how much I love this. She knows how much the family means to me and how much I'm so happy to be a dad and a husband and like all this stuff. And then I was like, you know, sitting and thinking with myself and just being like, she doesn't know that because I haven't said it. Yeah. So I should say that I should actually verbalize how I'm feeling because this is the only shot I have to let her know mm-hmm. what she means to me and what this family means. So I started just like expressing gratitude and actually telling people when I love them and yeah. how happy I am that, you know, I'm friends with people and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's again, it, I'm embarrassed by it, but it's also an important part of just me not living out the same fucking cycle as every man, every canon man before me. And then in terms of acceptance, it's like that depression shit, right? That used to linger for me for a while. So sometimes it would be like months before I would get out of that. It would just be a feedback loop of self-hatred, of 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 thinking I should quit, of thinking I'm not good enough. Who am I? Why am I even doing this? What is the purpose of any of this? To now... The acceptance of being like, hey, that's just how you feel right now, man. And the rebound will be much faster because of it. So it's all about rebound now. Those feelings are unavoidable. But if I can kind of just accept them as as just part of it, then I rebound much quicker and kind of just get back to it. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think think it's such a great thing for people to hear. And I do feel like for me personally, moving to America was that because Mm -hmm. uh, I found that people are like I would be love like very loving and love to tell people I love them and hug them and stuff like that. Um and so here that felt very like accepted. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it wasn't um and being like grateful and more so here in America more, than more so home. here, yeah. Instead yeah. of even like because cause then if you're like to someone at home like I love you, you're like one of my best friends or whatever, they'd be like they do that whole we're all doing and we're all like embarrassed but a lot lot of my friends have emigrated now my best Mm -hmm. friends so I feel like they're probably the same with me and then we've also known each other for a long time so um they're they're like affectionate as well I wonder and maybe you just like the next generation but I do think Americans are very like uh, they accept compliments very well, and that's not. Okay. I love to give compliments. Yeah, talk about Irish. I can always tell when someone's Irish American because I'll go like, "Oh, your dress looks good." And they're like, Ugh. "It might be an American accent," but I'm like, oh, "Are you your family from Ireland?" Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I do. I think that's so right to like say because even in my relationship now, like Leland, oh, he tells me every day he loves me. He tells mm. me every day I'm beautiful. And since I started accepting that and doing it back, and I think you know there was times where. He'd be like, "Oh, are you like happy or whatever?" And I'd be like, "Obviously." And he'd be like, "Yeah, but you need you need to say it." Sure. And so all those like speed bumps in the first like three to six months of our relationship, like all that little work that he did and that sort of stuff, where I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is very Irish. I need to like open up more or whatever." Now two years later, we're like in such a great, healthy, sp- and it became like what I said before, like routines. So, yeah, yeah. And it's so much better. It's like, oh, it's so nice to know that right. someone loves me every day. Yeah, and it's lovely. It's funny because I don't. I don't I'm just so interested in hearing your perspective just because the idea that Americans take compliments well is is foreign to me because I think and again it might be a generational thing but we didn't my friends and I didn't give each other compliments and weren't even all that nice to (laughs) not nice to each other but just like loving and affectionate and like like acknowledging our friendship as you know we're always nice to each other or whatever that's why we're friends but until a bunch of us died (laughs) like a a bunch of our friends just started dying in high school a couple drunk driving accidents you know cancer so all of that stuff calcified our bond 
Were you guys all Irish Americans, or just not all of us, but a lot of us? But yeah. but we um, but for whatever reason, like it, we became brothers. So none of us yeah. had. I mean, one of us had a brother, but he passed, and then we all kind of came together. And it's it's a we've known each other since we were ten years old. We talk every single day. It's like still a part of our lives. We say I love you to each other all the time. That that tragedy, like. Uh, exponentially or ex- expedited the uh, the like me saying I love you to people and yeah. like being grateful. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I wonder. I tend to generalize, and I have no statistics for my. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. I mean, your perception is is more valid than mine. I've never lived outside of the states. I'm trying to think because, like, with comedians and stuff, you know, um, I feel like. Uh, so my basis would be off comedians and then working in the bar when mm-hmm. I was when I was working in the bar, and I felt like yeah I'd always be like oh it's a lovely top and they're like oh yeah thank you so much or um which is definitely not an Irish thing and then uh, my first group of friends are from South America too which mm-hmm. are very loving so maybe that is a bit of where so maybe maybe that's more South Americans because they're all very huggy kissy lovey dovey sure which is really nice yeah and I was like okay. <laughs> Um, but even like my boyfriend's family, they were all telling me they loved me. His mom has texted me he loved me. I'm like, why? <laughs> I've heard that from my own mother because we don't talk <laughs> in like 17 years. And uh-huh. um, and it was always with a pre, like it was always for, a, you know, it was like a weird, it's like, you better say love you before you leave because what if a murderer comes in and kills me? There was also like oh, a weird. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think, yeah, I, find, I found... But I don't know. I'm like trying to think back to my friends back home and like we say I love you. How old were you when you left? Because I was 20, 23, 23 or 24 when okay. I left. That's still pretty young. I mean, yeah. we, we experienced our tragedies happened young. So by the time we were 23, we had I mean, we'd probably been to like 10 funerals at that point. Like, yeah. like, like crazy. And not just like I'm not talking about like we were all best friends and then everybody started getting picked off and we're whittled yeah. down. But like you know, peripheral friends to brothers to sisters, family members, like all this stuff's just kind of happened around the same time. And we just, you know, we had to grow up together. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't have any. There was like the odd tragedy, but not like mm. that. I'm trying to I think most of our friendships and why it's hard for me to remember back past 23 is because all of our lovey-dovey-ness stuff would only happen through booze. Mm-hmm. And we were yeah. drunk a lot. Yeah, we were too 13. at funerals. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my god, the funeral funerals though. Irish funerals have the best sandwiches, okay? Yeah. Oh they my do. god, and soup. Mm-hmm. Um but um Do you know what was weird? Did I tell you this uh ever? But it, when I went over there to play Gaelic football in Ireland, every single post game hang, they they like put out a giant platter of uh, egg salad sandwiches. I used to love Gaelic football matches because the 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 sandwiches are so I love egg salad. You said egg salad? <laughs> yeah, egg salad. I, I went to one of my brother's games a few years ago and I went back into the green room and they were like giving out sandwiches yeah. and cups of tea and I was like I forgot like that's my favorite thing about the football matches. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They but do I... it in Gaelic pitch now but you can buy it like a cup okay. of tea at the uh, for like $2 or something. Yeah. Gaelic pitch is great. But yeah, so I I find it I must like sit down and have a think because I think any sort of lovey-dovey stuff would have been we were all hammered all the time so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to judge because Irish people will like fight and tell each other they love each other and have sex and then not talk be too mortified to talk to the person the next day so I think unfortunately a lot of it is booze related and in one way I wonder if that kind of stunts are because a lot of us don't have sex sober until you end up in a relationship Oh yeah, you could have gone yeah. ten years without having sex sober. Um, all you're like you're te- you're having like I just had like a whole conversation with my friend who's from um, she's born in Denmark, she's Kurdish, but we had this whole like intimate conversation where we had had like not a fight, but both of us were being cold to each other for a second just because we were going through our own depressions. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until we were drunk you we were able to explain that we were both depressed and sure. we were going through it, and then we cried and we hugged until you really love each other. And the next day we're just like. Hey, how are you? And then I was like, oh my God, this is like so Irish. I need to like address that everything I said last night. So I was like, hey, everything I said last night, I really meant, I really appreciate you as a friend. Yeah. You know, sorry, I was having to de- not communicating during a depressive moment. And she was like, yeah, totally. And I was like, how fucking, but she was like, she was like, Irish people are just like brown people. She's like, she's like, uh, her family are Middle Eastern mm-hmm. um, and act the same. She was like, wait, we're both had to be drunk to express those yeah. like, I mean, hard I think, feelings. I think there's like, you know, I attribute a lot to being Irish. It's a, it's a lot of my identity, to be honest, because not just like 
obviously I didn't grow up there, but my family is is Irish as fuck. My grandparents were from Ireland. Like I I just I I loved it. I love the fact that I'm Irish. But it anything that I attribute typically to being Irish, I'll always find somebody from a different culture saying we do that exact same thing. Yeah. So it's oh like God, no, I, it's like oh Irish guilt, and they're like yeah yeah you know fucking Syrian guilt. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's the same. My friend posted this thing, uh, Mohanad El Shaky, and he posted like with his because we were doing these promos with cats, mm-hmm. kind of like joking with each other. Yeah. So we've been using our cats in promos, and he started it, and I've been joking like copying him and uh-huh. stuff. So it's like this like little private bit we have going, but we've been tagging each other in it. And his most recent one, he but he was said to the audience like or the fans or whatever they're called, don't uh, if you don't come like this cat is going to starve blah, blah blah and I was like oh my god do Libyan people also have Irish guilt <laughs> exactly and yeah. they do yeah. it's so true yeah my friend who's like Kurdish was like oh because her family family would have lived in Turkey and then she lived in Denmark and she was like uh, and I don't know about Denmark but she was like there's definitely Kurdish guilt there's definitely right. Turkish guilt there's definitely Middle Eastern guilt there's definitely Arab guilt yeah but, there might uh, not be Swedish rage. Uh, like yeah, that, I don't that think there's Denmark the... guilt, okay? They're just all walking around blonde and yeah, tall. And, uh, with healthcare, <laughs> just feeling good, yeah, taken yeah, care yeah. of. Um, um, uh, what, oh, yeah, what I wanted to ask you, since you quit the booze, mm-hmm. have you found that, just with me coming to that realization that a booze is a lot of how we express ourselves? Sure. How did you find being able to express yourself like post no booze um i mean better and more articulate that's for sure (laughs) i mean you remember that yeah i remember saying i love you (laughs) yeah i remembered i uh i really cataloged my thoughts and organized (laughs) them and had uh yeah it was just everything is better i i going to therapy and whatever and i think mushrooms are more of a uh, are more responsible for my ability to communicate than alcohol ever was. Do you see like a bubble of the word and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, just I I'm read it sad. just while making <laughs> eye contact. It's it, it, no, but it, mushrooms, for whatever reason, have have completely replaced my need for God. And so I don't I don't believe in a deity or anything like that. But I do believe in you human eat connection. Your God. Huh? You eat your God. I eat my God and then I feel him through the earth wow. or her. Well, you said the need, sorry, interview, you said the need for human connection. No, just like it, it, I don't have a God, but I do feel like very connected to people. And so that mushrooms have, have helped again. I think I would have gotten there anyway, but it expedited the process. It sped it up. And now I feel just like a little bit more understanding, a bit more empathetic, like more, more just connected to people. And that feeling is what motivates me to communicate and what allows me to like feel the green light to be like yeah this this is my idea this is my thought and uh i'm i'm not trying to hurt you (laughs) i mean i think the best thing i think a lot of the time when we're trying not to hurt someone so we're not saying it and we're skidding around it like uh, it's so much better to just be direct like me and uh my boyfriend were having sex last night and he was doing something i was like kiss my neck and he wasn't doing it the way i like it and i was like stop and he was like, I was just doing what you told me. And I was like, yeah, I just I just didn't like it. I'm just being honest. And yeah. he's like, okay, cool. And, you know, where if I'd have been, if I had like the old me would have tried to skit around it. And instead it's just like, no, don't like that. It's actually not working. You try to imagine the thing you do like while yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, thing yeah. you don't like is happening. Imagine getting like gang sex. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what I imagine. And that'll never happen because yeah. I'm Irish and shameful. <laughs> Wait, okay. So, okay. So that's interesting. And the mushrooms just for any listeners don't do it until over 25. Sure. Your it's 25. Hope. Is that the that's yeah. the official? Yeah, that's Chansu. We had up on the podcast, but uh, she's also the the comic from uh, Denmark and mm-hmm. uh, Kurdistan and uh, Turkey. I've said all the fucking places because uh, she's got a lot of places. Sure, um, but, a lot uh, of stamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so she said she's a neuroscientist and she didn't start smoking until her thirties. Mm-hmm. Smoking weed, but she said over twenty five weight because before your pathways are still developing and sure. any um you know weed or hallucinogenic or whatever can affect that and bring out uh, mental health issues. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say not many people are gonna wait that long, but. That's Wait, great. Be like me. I'm 32. I still haven't done it. <laughs> but do you have any Im- impulse or desire to? No, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to. There's too much mental health history in my family. Like, there was like me an too. aunt who was like locked in the house and they would have feed her through the door. Oh. And apparently, some other aunt who tried to like, uh, this is like great aunts who tried to like kill her kids. But also, I'm not sure if that was like the war of the worlds. I think she was listening to the war of the worlds and thought it was real. But uh-huh. she also thought Elvis was in her kitchen. Okay. 
It was like a whole story of how her husband had to like basically talk her out of because she was like the aliens come and we got to kill our kids and he was like yeah let's kill them later let's yeah. kill them at six a.m. and he just kept like talking her out of it and I'm like just kept delaying it I know. that's sweet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> thank God she found the one all right uh, I'll I'll I'll, I'll divulge my my grandfather put his service revolver in his mouth in front of all eight of his kids Jesus. he didn't he didn't pull the trigger but he was uh, sent to an asylum and then doped up on the couch for a couple years Jesus yeah yeah so there's surprised they sent a man around. to the asylum. I think that probably calls for it, though, especially yeah, yeah. if it's uh, especially if it involves being a cop and like he was a cop. Yeah, yeah, it was his service revolver. Oh, was service revolver, a cop, no. cop. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesus! I think it was right after he retired, maybe. So he probably oh, he's low. Yeah, yeah, but uh, he, thankfully he didn't do it, and he yeah. he rebounded. But yeah, that uh, there's definitely some some shit swimming in me as well. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll you gotta be careful. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, there's probably another string theory version of this universe where I am fully insane. Oh, I think about that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, there's definitely one where I have jumped in front of a train, touch wood, or mm -hmm. uh, just like, yeah, little things like had a kid or whatever. Do you ever do that? Do you ever like walk down the steps and start going through the possibilities of like, okay, in one universe, I tumble down here and I'm a paraplegic in another version, I'm dead. I do that all the time. And I'm afraid when I dream that I might consciously end up in the wrong reality. And this yeah. is my favorite reality. I don't want to go into it. Don't take me. Can I tell you what I've been thinking lately? So you want to get weird? Is I, and I, this is not original. I think other people have had this thought, but I am starting to believe that we don't die in our reality. That when we die, we die in other people's reality. That we just keep the, we, we eventually die, I think. But in terms of like, young death like my friends who have died at 23 i think in their version of like their conscious reality they went on and split and lived and then in my reality oh, i hope so they died that's kind of where i'm around right now i don't necessarily believe it believe it but i'd like to i like i like that yeah that's fun yeah i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> I just hope there's not you a reality. You don't know if the bullshit I just said is I, true? No, but I was just trying to think of what I believe in. I just hope there's not a reality where I'm like still talking to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Who knows? There might be one where you guys somehow patched it up. Like, So listen oh, yeah, to this. She took all the pills and got like a brain there you go. Uh, surgery. To yeah. There there might be. So this is, a rea this is why I say that. And it, not to even compare, but something that I thought was impossible would be a relationship with my own dad, who we've had, I mean, a violent past since I was young and, and like a, a butting heads, like hardcore arguing since I was, can remember four years old, you know? So that, that got worse and worse throughout the years. And it came to a head in a lot of different ways. And we didn't talk for a number of years and then sporadically, then it would break apart, all that stuff. But in this now new reality, we have a relationship where I've, as the dad now, and I seek I seek no approval, no authority, no even love from him anymore. We've we've gotten to a place where he can now be a good grandfather to my son, and they have a relationship, and we're just kind of like, I'm cool because I'm the dad. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think each one is unique though, because totally, even totally. to have a sentence with my mother, it's. She's living in the different reality. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, well, we get pineapples. And she's like, what do you mean I'm a terrible mother? <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. Do you know what I mean? So it's yes. like, I, I don't know if I had a kid. And I don't know if there's any, unless there's a sort of a... Oh, I'm not even saying that that is what would happen. I'm saying that the possibility of anything... Is endless. You never is know. Out there. That's why maybe I'll have gang sex in 10 years. That's right. <laughs> you could be... Here's the thing. When I'm in my 60s, I do plan on doing some hardcore narcotics. I wouldn't mind going to like a sex club in my 60s. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When you're old, then you could get just absolutely like, on, dug out. <laughs> yeah. And by that time, he'll probably be interested in just oh, either watching that or... Oh, he's interested in loads of stuff that I'm not interested in. No kidding. Yeah, he's like... He's like so. These younger kids, you know. He's Is 20, he younger than you? He's twenty-seven. Yeah, so oh, I'm thirty-two. Wow. Oh no, he's he just turned twenty-eight. Sorry. Gross. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. I, you never know. That's why I always mm -hmm. say, like, someone asked me something recently, and I was like, I don't know. And they were they were kind of I can't remember what it was. And oh, I was with my friends, but I was like, no, I don't want to say because you you really you can't commit to anything. Sure. Oh, it was my friend was on a date, and the girl was like, "What's your five-year plan?" And he was like. I didn't really know. And she was like, uh, are you going to own property in the city? And he was like, Hi, I just, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then she wasn't happy with those answers. And yeah. he was kind of like, it was only like a third date. And I was like, honestly, I think those questions, 
I get where people are trying to prepare, but it's like you don't know. You could get with them. They might answer yes. Oh, my sure. five-year plan is I'm going to have kids. And you don't yeah. know. You could get knocked down by a bus tomorrow. Other right. than are you looking for a serious relationship? That's a fine. Yeah. But I think um, I think it's fine that she asked that, but it's also fine to be like, you're immediately not my type of person. Yeah, <laughs> like it, I'm not on a fucking job interview in our third in our third date. Oh my god, that's and, so funny. I'm gonna have to ask him. Is it okay that I say this? Yeah. But he said it always feels like an interview. Yeah. And she uh, basically said like the date's over because of that. She was like, I'm not interviewing. This is just as regular questions. But I yeah. I would feel like that's an interview as well. Well, that's uh, I mean. Here's the thing, you can you can weave that in to find out what their hopes and dreams are yeah. in a conversation, but to ask what is your five year plan, mm-hmm. if you're not wearing a pantsuit with like your name placard on your desk, it's like beat it with that question. I have no interest in being in this type of conversation. It's and it also just takes out like any I think like as well, if you want to have those questions a few months down the line, but like just get to know people. Yeah. Mean, like you just have the crack. Yeah. Um there was this uh dating expert uh, uh the New York Comedy Club the other night and she's like twenty three and she said, I'm a dating coach and she was dressed in all this like um like really like Barbie outfit Okay. And had a tiara. She's peacocking. Oh, my God. And then so Damien Lemon was like kind of asking her like, so what do people ask? Because she has like 600,000 followers on TikTok. Sure. Like, fuck me. Who are these? And it was like totally Andrew Tate's wet dream, by the way, <laughs> because she was like, um, uh, they usually say like, she goes, my guy pays for the bills for everything. And she's pointing at her designer clothes like this is Jimmy Choo's. Is it he got that? Yeah. And then she said, girls want to know how to get a guy who'll pay for things. And she's like, be the woman that they want to pay for, um, you know dress femininely uh, wear makeup then afterwards I got up on stage and I was wearing like a boys t-shirt uh-huh. and then I was like do you want to take a picture of me because I don't wear makeup either and I was uh-huh. like do you want to take a picture of me and uh, put it on your TikTok and be like this is what not to do <laughs> <laughs> but um, she said she said never go for a broke guy and then I got up afterwards and I was like I'm not, I'm not saying that Leland's broke but in her, he, he can't buy Jimmy Choo's sure. uh, he can't buy anything for 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 that that's crazy. I don't. I gotta I gotta be honest. Even if I had that money, that'd be the last thing I'd spend it on. Yeah, that yeah. would I would, I would go rather f- set fire to the Jimmy Choo store and do three years in prison <laughs> than buy my wife all that horse shit to make her feel something. And it's awful because it's like you're telling these women to like more on their looks than per- meeting people on personality. And I said to her like, if I were not to date quote unquote broke guys, because my boyfriend's not a famous comedian and right. he works part time at his job. I wouldn't be with one of the best people I've ever met. And he's sure. like so sweet and he makes me breakfast every morning. And there's like no gender roles with like the chore, the chores, chores. Like he sure. is so great. Thank the Lord. He loves doing chores. Yeah. Um, and uh, also I now live in Chelsea because we have a great apartment that's his uncle's. Right. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm probably in yeah. a better apartment than any girl who was going for like a, trying to get a guy who has money. Bitch, I'm in Chelsea. There you go. Okay. And I'm making, I'm literally not, I'm like, thank, I'm living off comedy because for once in my life, my rent isn't insane. Yeah. And that's because I went for a quote unquote. I don't. I feel bad saying broke because my friend here tonight was like, "Don't say broke," but I'm like, "But she said broke, okay? She said right." You're just <laughs> referencing what she yes. said. But the thing, it's like there's some there's you can't get away from this, and obviously social media has made it like almost tip heavily heavily in the other direction. But like, there's people that look at life as a game to be won, mm-hmm. and that's her, right? She's looking to have the most expensive clothes, date a rich guy, get to the next level, like continuing to move up in this like game of of you know, more or less like capitalistic gain, yeah. which is fine. But then there's other people that look at life as experiential where you're like, oh, OK, I want to find love. I want to like gain some semblance of human understanding. I want to have meaningful, impactful relationships with people like I want to chase my dream. I think that's important, like all those things. So you're not going to find common ground with somebody like that. No. You're just going to be like, OK, you are playing life one way. And I'm playing life in the exact opposite way. And I'm not going to judge you to your face, but I'm going to tell you that I think you're a vapid, shallow twat behind closed doors. I'm judging. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, okay, so we probably have like eight minutes left. Mm -hmm. Um, Was vapid, shallow twat too much? Well, you'll have to listen to the whole episode. In Ireland, we say twat. Twat? Yeah, and then I come over here and you guys are like, twat. And I'm like, oh, you sound like some D4. No offense. So if you're listening and you're from D4, thank you for your support. Um, I think twat, twat has a little less oomph. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but it's like the way we say cunt like, is fun. And then you guys just say so cunt. And you're like, cunt. ooh, it's in your throat. <laughs> Does it sound more harsh from an American? Mm-hmm. Cunt. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, felt like right. you just hit me. Because <laughs> we're like, cunt. Yeah, you guys do say, I wish, uh, I do wish that it was like slightly more acceptable to kind of say as a throwaway here because it is a fun word. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, I want to ask you, how do you, so like with your son and you're probably thinking, well, no, you're, you're not probably thinking, but just uh, when you were saying you changed a lot or you mm-hmm. got a lot of hope and stuff. Have you thought about how to not pass on those like Irish hangups that we don't like, like the mm-hmm. not being able to take a compliment, the constant like, oh, I feel like because there is an Irish Catholic guilt thing, whereas like you should feel bad because you'll feel better in heaven. And I think yeah. we've hold on to those religious hangups without being religious anymore. Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 beyond religion. It's totally cultural it's in our core. But we're not going to mass. The interesting <laughs> thing that you find from having a kid is that you know a lot of your hang-ups are fucking genetic <laughs> like, like it just truly is but passed like down it, involuntarily it's t- that's totally generational trauma yeah 100 percent. and yeah. and you watch it and like i watch my son have feelings about things that i know he hasn't witnessed that i know i haven't given to him consciously at least like and i'm like oh okay interesting so the way i'm approaching it is to be a 100 percent open book honest communicator with my son to the point where I might be transparent to a fault. I haven't gotten there yet, but I may be because I plan to be that that open about information. I want him to have every bit of it. I didn't find out about my grandfather doing that until I was like 34 years old. Yeah. And I had depre- I, I've been d- dealing with depression and anxiety issues my entire life, and nobody knew or told me what it was. And I thought I was alone, like, I'm fucking weird. Nobody else in my family feels this way. And then my sister, like, offhanded told this story, and I was like, what? Like, like what the fuck, man? Like, that that just, like, plugged so many holes all at once that I, I was, like, I was resentful of receiving the information that late. So all I can do is be there, is be there for him and be a communicator and, and a strong support system because, listen, the world is going to fuck him up. The world is going to traumatize him. I... And the safe space, my my wife and I, our home, our family, the the love and support we have for each other, that's the pillar that he can hopefully, you know, anchor himself to and then go out and get fucked up by the world. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. That's perfect. It's better than getting fucked up inside and then going out and getting more fucked up by the world. Oh, whatever. Well, that's, that's the weird thing. And I understand that there's different parenting philosophies, but people that are like, I have to harden my kid because mm-hmm. the world is hard. It's like... I kind of feel the exact opposite because the world is going to harden your kid yeah. and you don't have to be like a pussy foot. I'll buy you a fucking chocolate every time you cry kind of person. But to emotionally offer support and being there, I don't look at that as weakness. I look at that as emotional strength and support. So you are doing nothing but building up their foundation of of like emotional stability. Yeah. I don't like, you know, I got into I got hit as a kid and, you know, a fair amount. And so I've, I talk about it on stage sometimes. And sometimes there are parents that vocally oppose what I have to say. And I'm not even up there lecturing. I'm more or less just telling the story of my childhood. And they're like, I actually, you, you listen. Kids listen once they get hit. And it's like, yeah. And now I also need to get choked to come. So there's like multiple, there's multiple responses to it. It's not just one thing. There's a lot of other things that are happening while you hit your kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that's so interesting. I think too, um, even something like with parents who don't necessarily just, uh, hit or then there's also emotionally abuse, but there's a thing with Irishness, with like not crying. Mm -hmm. And I found that very, bad because I always felt like I couldn't cry Mm -hmm. and then um that's something my therapist has always been like cry let it out and it's such a relief and you're like oh I just come here every Tuesday to cry I'm just crying all those times where because there's always like a why you crying oh you're crying like you know attitude even if it's like in I remember one time I was working with someone and they were like shouting at me and then I started to cry and then it was like it was like in an Irish environment they were like oh now you're fucking crying and I was like and it was the first time I was able to communicate. I was like, if you shout, I will cry. If you don't want me to cry, I won't. If you don't want me to cry, don't shout. Yeah. And they were like, Ugh. but, it, but you now know. I have to control myself. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that's something that, um, you know, my boyfriend is always like, it's okay to cry or like, yeah, yeah let it out. And it does, it really helps because then you're just like, oh, like more soothed. And there's like things in your tears that soothe you. So that is something I think for my future kid, I would de- definitely want to be like, it's okay to cry. Oh, not, yeah. 
Because sometimes I feel like Irish parents feel like they're doing something bad if you're crying. They're like, why are you crying? And you're like, you know, stop crying. And then you feel like you have to stop crying. Mm-hmm. You- uh, but uh, having having my son has helped me with adult relationships too. Mm-hmm. Because the way I talk to my son when he has an outburst is, it's totally cool that you feel this way. Yeah. You're not allowed to hit me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that. Or you're not allowed to this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more than okay for you to have these feelings. It's totally normal. And I, I encourage you to feel them. It's not okay to act this way yeah. to, to like basically emote. And that also has helped me with adults where I'm like, hey, it's totally cool that you're pissed off about this. But don't scream in my face unless you want an equal and opposite reaction, because you don't want that. You don't. Yeah. I, I. You don't want me to get to your fucking level of screaming, because I am a lunatic once my rage hits a certain level, and I don't want that. Yeah. So it's like it. It actually has helped quell a lot of like potential blow up situations. Yeah, I think that's great. I feel like ever since I moved to America. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've been able to communicate more like that. Yeah. Or maybe maybe therapy being like, because yeah. I've had friends where I've been like, um, no, it's not okay for you to treat me this way. Um, and if they're like, oh, well, I'm going through a bad time. I'm like, okay, well, if you're not in space, talk to that. When you are ready, I want to talk about these things. Mm. And then them continuing to do it and me just being like, okay, like this is not okay. And then eventually going... I'm blocking you. <laughs> you have yeah. had polite warnings. Yeah, yeah. And now here we go. Um, I have two comedy friends that meet that exact description. <laughs> yeah, the comedian. Ex, ex-comedian friends. Because, yeah. you know, when you're younger, or at least when I was younger, I wanted to find equally broken souls and, like, feeling like the island of misfit toys and everybody's missing an eye or an ear or whatever the fuck. And you, you start kind of glomming onto each other for support and stability. And then... You're like, some people don't want the support. They actually want to drain your life force. And through, I'm negative and fucked up enough as it is, the last thing I need is a pilot fish that have, that simultaneously drains my blood. Yeah. Like, I don't need that. No, 100%. It's such a great thing to learn. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, before we go, and before we do your plugs, so you'd recommend having a kid really quickly. I, if for if you if you want one, I, I would recommend it because I I've always underneath everything knew I wanted one, and having one has made has elevated me as a human being on every single level. And it's not hard with comedy. Of course, it's hard. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the most. It's oh. the hardest thing I've ever done. Okay. It's. It, I mean, being a parent is fucking nearly impossible with any job. So it's 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 difficult. And the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. I do love, though, that you did text that earlier because it does show that you're like, no, I spend time with my wife and child. Oh, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially on Mon- Mondays are like our, our our day, typically. Oh, shit. Thanks no, for no, coming. no. Of course. But I, I like it, it, work. I gotta, I'm working. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is work. <laughs> I'm talking about God here. <laughs> and um, mushrooms. Yeah, and mushrooms. Sometime, someday I'll show my son this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is, it, it's important to me, you know, because my, my dad didn't really carve out time for us at all it once especially once he started working a lot so it was hard yeah yeah i i that'd be the only reason if i like i i would love to have a kid just for the uh do do not do all the things that kind of happen to me like give them a, a different sort sure. of um but yeah i just want to make sure if i do i'm like where i need to be with comedy because i also don't want to have like any resentment either yeah of course yeah i mean like that, hard... my dad was an actor and then would routinely blame us for him not making it <laughs> my, my mother was the same she was an artist and she was always like i could have done things and i'm like bitch i already knew you were let go from that before uh-huh. i was born but you know like and i'm sure in her head maybe if she had the time but it's also like I also know you said you were on the pill when you weren't. This is right. all your fault. Yeah, I yeah. didn't. My creation was not. <laughs> yeah. And also you, your choice. Yeah. In terms of the creation. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said you were on the pill. Be yeah. on the pill. <laughs> but I'm really happy. So thanks for being manipulative. Yeah. <laughs> and creating me. Uh, it worked out. Um, okay, so. You have ton of stuff out on YouTube. Yeah, I have three specials on YouTube, uh, two of mat- two hours of material, um, and then one crowd work on edibles special, oh, yeah. which uh, I guess I'm filming another one on Thursday. Jesus. So, yeah, that'll be at New York. At New York Comedy Club in Stamford and then back in the city. So I'm doing two shows. On the same night? Yeah, I'm going to be on like 200 milligrams. It's going to be fucking, I barely want to do it, but it's going to be great. And uh, the hour, it's called Huge Mistake on YouTube. It was so fun. It was like... The reason why I'm nervous about it is because the first one went so well, and this might be an Irish thing because I listen to a lot of podcasts about basketball and like sports. And once an athlete, like they're like, I was an all star this year, so the next year they carry themselves like an all star, and like they they just have this newfound confidence and ability. 
And that's a thing that I don't have where once I reach a level, I'm like, well, I can never do that again. Yeah, you that's know, I get an so, Irish thing. I get scared. So I, I just wish I had more of like, I reached it. I could do that fucking 10 more times in my sleep. No problem. Yeah. So we'll see on Thursday. It'll be great. Maybe get yeah. some of that CBD oil so you can like, <laughs> regulate yourself. It. Nah, the fun is shows. in the freak out. Oh, the fun is yeah. in the you're crying on that's the second right. show. That's right. Um. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's at I am Mike Cannon for everything. So any social media that you frequent at I am Mike Cannon and uh, the podcast. Here's the scenario with uh, Brendan Sagalow and Michael T. Feeney, who have both been on the podcast before for nice. long time listeners. And uh, do you still you don't have your other podcast anymore? No, no, not Irish Goodbye. But uh, I might be coming to Ireland, actually, <gasps> oh, this great. year. I'm, I'm talking to a, a booker, so hopefully we can... Okay, well, I'll it. put your website in the description, because then your ticket links will Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Definitely go yeah, to yeah. Ireland. Who, oh, we're talk- okay, we'll talk about it afterwards, yeah, but yeah. I want to know what booker you're talking to. Okay, I, oh, love yeah, I hope it's not horrible. It's going to be great. Okay, bye, everybody. Oh, uh, 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 thank you, Pat. His, as usual, handle will be in the description. And Patreon forward slash The Shift Podcast. Please sign up and give me money. And <laughs> um, what else? Rate, review, all of that. But in that, love yous. And again, the video is two weeks uh, later on YouTube, two weeks earlier on Patreon. Uh, and uh, yeah, just tell all your friends. Okay, bye. Love yous. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.